Hello, listeners, and welcome to Brisbane Grammar School's podcast, Light Dark Blue. My name's Harry Clark. I'm a journalist by profession and a grammar old boy. In today's episode titled Better Learning, our guest is Jackie Zervos. Jackie joined Brisbane Grammar School in 1995 as a teacher of geography and history, and she has since held various leadership positions. She is currently the Executive Director of Educational Innovation. Today we'll be discussing the importance of fostering an environment that encourages self-regulation and critical thinking in our students. BGS's key innovation initiative, Effective Thinking Cultures, or ETC, is a phrase you're going to hear a lot throughout this podcast. Now, this might sound a bit complex, but don't worry. We'll also be talking about some practical, down-to-earth strategies and tools that you can use to support your child's learning journey. Fortunately, we have Jackie here to unpack it for us. Welcome, Jackie, and thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Harry. It's really wonderful to reconnect. As a grammar old boy, it's great to be reconnecting with the school in this way, so it's a pleasure to be here. Could you start by letting us all know about this key innovation at BGS, effective thinking cultures, and how it relates to better learning? I'd love to talk to you about it. At BGS, you hear a lot about educational innovation, and although we have a very long track record of academic success, we know that the nature of education is constantly changing. So it's very, very important that in this uncertain world in which our students will live and they'll work, that we are keeping ahead of that innovation and ensuring that we are equipping them for the uncertain futures that they will enter. Our key innovation initiative is called Effective Thinking Cultures, or ETC as we use internally, because the focus is on the development of student thinking as the central aim. It might sound very obvious to listeners, but if you think about it, traditional notions of school were not about thinking. It was important in the classrooms of the past that it was more about listening and recalling information. And if you could do that, you could get through. So the idea is not telling students what they need to know, it's teaching them how to, how to learn themselves. So how does this differ from, from, say, when I graduated 15 years ago or when, or when parents of BGS boys were at school 30 years ago? Well, if any of our listeners had an experience like I did, it was not about my thinking. It was about the extent to which I could recall or regurgitate the thinking of my teachers. What is very important is that our students learn to think for themselves and that they're able to deal with complex, unfamiliar situations. Jobs of the future will require problem solving. It will require students to work collaboratively, bringing different skills together to solve those problems in in teams. Knowledge will be insufficient. What is valued is that students are able to fashion products or performances that are unique, drawing on a whole range of skills in very unfamiliar situations. That's actually what is required in the external exams these days. So just remembering a lot of information is just not going to cut it. Was there a point where, where it changed? How and when did these methods come into practice? And why did we make the decision as a school? What's caused this uh, rethinking in the, way, in the way we're teaching? If I think back to 2017, when the Queensland government first announced that we were going to reintroduce external exams and that decisions around creating assessment were going to be um, in part taken from schools through the external exams, but that all internal assessments were going to go through what is through a quality assurance process, we took the opportunity for an 18-month deep dive. What we learned from this process, as all the information was coming out about the new system, was that there would be a strong emphasis on students owning their own learning, 
being able to self-regulate their thinking and self-regulate their emotions and be able to respond in really unpredictable, unfamiliar, uncertain situations to the tasks that they would be given. It makes me think of how redundant the ability to just simply retain information is when you look at something like ChatGTP, where all you have to do is 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 ask for ask for information and it just provides it all for you. So you sort of have yeah. to, you know, move away from that and and learn how to use technology that's that, that's developing. It's um, you know, when a computer can just do everything for you. Look, you I think you raised two really interesting points. First of all. Um, you know, parents might be surprised to hear, but we're picking up very quickly at school that teachers can pick up when students have used chat GPT because <laughs> there's an artificialness about it that they can detect. But our students can use chat GPT in very discerning ways that support their learning by helping them acquire really relevant content. Because, and that brings me to my second point, Thinking about content or, or, or content isn't redundant. You have to have something to think with. So it will always be very, very important that students have a very strong foundation of content, that they're able, that they have the skills to be able to acquire content, to make sense of it, to be able to store it and recall it. But we need more than that. We need to work with our students to help them build the ability to be able to do something with the content that's meaningful. Can I just ask, is there still room and scope for old school education? What what elements of old school teaching and education are still are still very much relevant today as they were previously? I love that question because I get asked that all the time. Sure. There will always be a place for what we call didactic teacher. The teacher as the expert at the front of the room sharing um, knowledge, new information. Um, sometimes as a geography teacher, I have to stand up for for a period of time and I have to explain to students how cyclones are formed. Mm. But it will always be supported with activities, with learning experiences that help them to really fully comprehend what I've been talking about and ask them to do their own research in that space. And all teachers will, will say that in no way are we replacing the acquisition of foundational content. It is core to, to really effective thinking. It's actually stage number one in our understanding of what thinking is. For parents at home, the applications we've spoken about are in, in, in the structured setting of a, of a classroom. How can you translate that at, at home? How can parents take this into account? And, and, and why is it a good idea to do so? The home-school relationship is, is absolutely paramount. In terms of parents and how they can support at home, there are some really basic things that they can do, basic but critically important. One of them is questioning and asking really considered questions of their sons about their learning. Very often at the end of the day when boys hop into the car, um, you know, parents might get um, a, a very quick response, how was your day today? And then the response is often fine. Um, and that's the end of the conversation. Take the opportunity to expand further and, and probe a little bit deeper. What did you learn today that was challenging? What did you learn today that was new? How were you challenged to make a mistake today? A whole host of questions that you can ask. It sounds like a really worthwhile conversation to have, obviously, what did you learn at school today? But what kind of techniques would you suggest as to how to, how to probe, probe an answer from them and, and a meaningful answer to, to get them thinking about what, what they've learned and, 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 and why it was challenging? 
One piece of advice I'd give parents is to try to ensure that the the questions that they're asking their sons are, are targeted. You might probe a little bit deeper by asking on the way home or when he gets home, what subject means the most to you? Or perhaps what things are you learning about in class that have relevance in the real world? That question could go on for ages, whether it's in biology or it's in history, whatever he's learning. Another one might be, how confident do you feel as a learner and why? And whenever I ask boys that question, I I can really get a whole myriad of responses that help me to understand what he needs most. And sometimes where boys are prepared to reveal things in their response to those questions, that may prompt a further communication from home to school, to the form tutor, to the head of year, um, to further support that student with us working as a team um, to support that learning. You know, if you really want to get tricky and you've, you're in the rhythm of these questions and, um, you know, your son's res- responding, you might ask, what do you think are the best reasons to learn something new? These aren't Googleable questions. Your son can't go onto Google and find the answers to these. He has to actually think. He has to actually cognitively draw various thinking strategies in his brain in order to respond. That is what we are seeking to build in our students, that skill to think effectively. Google's not providing an answer. ChatGP certainly isn't providing an answer to that either. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a personal, personal question, isn't it? Absolutely. What kind of thinker, learner are you? You know, in class we call them one star, two star and three star questions. And one star, I can find that answer really easily. It's a yes, no question. There's an accurate answer. It's an important question, but it's a low-level question. Two-star questions are, hmm, let me think about that, but if I pull a few bits of information together, I'll be able to answer it. The three-star questions hit the sweet spot. That's what we're encouraging students to pose and to respond to. Those things that not only require them to seek out multiple sources, but they have to synthesize that information together to draw their own conclusions, form their own opinions, to come up with their own personal unique response. You have a little captive in your car when he opens the door and sits in there. Um, I know many of the boys want to put in the earpods or airpods and off they go and you know there's not a lot of communication. Take the opportunity to ask some of those ungoogleable questions about his learning, about what he's been learning, about its relevance in the world, about what he thinks of himself as a learner, and then for him to project into what he can do. Where hiccups occur along the way, and I've been teaching a very long time, and I've never met a student for whom there isn't a little hiccup in the road, when those hiccups do occur in learning, help him to own that, help him to seek the resolution, help him to find the solution himself in the first instance. And if that's not working, that's when parents can get involved. Help talk him through what he thinks he can do to help find resolution to, the, to that problem. We want students to, de- to, to fully develop their understanding by carefully changing his mind if he needs to, by to reevaluating and feeling comfortable in what we call this learning pit, in this place of uncertainty, that he isn't anxious about the fact that he doesn't know the answer yet, but if I persist, I'm going to be able to find it and 
the help of my peers and the thinking of my peers is going to get me there. As opposed to being anxious about not knowing the answer, being challenged and inspired to, to, to source the answer. You're right. Being curious, being excited at that prospect and then working um, either independently or collaboratively to find um, a really high quality answer. Well, Jackie, it sounds like this effective thinking cultures concept is generating some strong results and that parents can really pitch in to consolidate this type of thinking at home with those three star questions. Jackie, thank you very much for your time and for sitting down with us and providing such valuable insights into the effort being put into our boys, getting the best education possible for someone who left school 15 years ago, uh, getting this behind the scenes look has been a real treat and I'm excited to see what the future holds for our students. I'm already looking forward to our next conversation on Light Dark Blue. Thank you for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast platform. We'll see you next time.